This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. After Alain Ben Noon had a chance meeting with patient advocate Shea Rashoni, who suffered from the neurodegenerative condition ALS, he was so inspired by the experience that it led to his founding of Neurosense Therapeutics to find a treatment for the condition. The company is pursuing synergistic combinations of existing therapies to go after biologic targets underlying the core pathologies of the disease. We spoke to Ben Noon about the company's approach to developing therapies, its current lead therapeutic candidate, and its efforts to target other neurodegenerative conditions beyond ALS. Alan, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Denny. We're going to talk about Neurosense ALS and the company's efforts to repurpose existing therapies to treat this rare neurodegenerative condition. Before we get into all of that, I'd like to start with Shea Rashoni, who, who is Shay and, and how did your meeting him lead to the work of Neurosense? So first of all, uh, thanks for mentioning Shai. Shai was a super active person, an ALS patient, who took a role to be also the CEO of Price for Life, a nonprofit organization that uh, advanced assistive technologies for people that suffer from ALS. When I met Shai, I was overwhelmed to see how much he was able to do in this field of ALS. Uh, while he was completely paralyzed, uh, when, when I thought about it, I'm fully functioned. Uh, I have uh, uh, functioning arms and legs and wasn't doing a tenth of what he was from his bed. So it didn't make sense to me also that in 2016, there is no solution or, of course, no cure, but also no good treatment for this disease. At the time, I was uh, several years uh, very much involved in the biotech industry, a new great scientist. So I went on to found Neurosense Therapeutics with one major goal, to find and to develop an effective treatment for ALS patients and other neurodegenerative diseases. Uh, of course, ALS is the one that is most important for us, for me in person. And I did it with several scientists that I knew, um, bright scientists that we started uh, doing the research. And of course, I'll tell you all about that. People meet patients with rare conditions all the time. What was it about that meeting that so moved you to establish a company focused on 
finding treatments for that condition? You know, Shai uh, had a great personality. Um, he didn't try to convince me to get into the field, but, um, but in a way, he did so in his own special way. And you're right, people meet peop- other people with certain diseases. It doesn't make them go and, and found a, um, a company to treat these uh, indications. But I was fortunate enough to know bright scientists in the field. And honestly, I was shocked by the way that Shai um, was, his condition. The fact that he was completely paralyzed, communicating only via his eyes through a computer software. When he was looking at me, he just moved his eyes. Not a single muscle in his body moved at that time. I have to add that Shai passed away in May 2018. But before he did, I was fortunate enough to share with him our outstanding preclinical results. He was overjoyed to hear our progress, about our progress. And I told Shai that now, since we have a therapy to develop and advance here, we will name it Prime C as a tribute to him, to his legacy. Um, Since uh, Rishoni, his last name translates to Prime in English. He was very moved, very excited about this. For listeners not familiar with ALS, what is it, how does it manifest itself and progress? So... ALS is a fatal disease that leads to paralysis and death within two to five years on average from diagnosis. And in this disease, the motor neurons that activates the the muscles, they are responsible for activating muscles. Uh, These uh, um, cells are degenerating and dying. And usually the patients uh, dies from uh, once the, the muscles that activates the lungs stop functioning. Today, it takes several months uh, from onset of early symptoms until a patient is being diagnosed and patients are losing time. Although, nonetheless, there isn't yet an effective treatment uh, that uh, they can can, uh, take. What therapies exist and what's the prognosis for a patient with a condition today? To date, as mentioned, there is no effective treatment. There are only two FDA-approved drugs out there, and both of them with mild effect on increasing lifespan uh, to some extent. And uh, um, therefore, of course, there is a huge unmet need. You began by looking at existing therapies that might be used to treat ALS, what was the case for this strategy to, to treat ALS? And, and why were you focused on looking for potential combinations of therapies? So our innovative approach uses a combination therapy that aims to tackle several pertinent targets in these diseases, in ALS and other neurodegenerative diseases, in order to create a clinical benefit for the patients. Um, it is important to note um, uh, as uh, I mentioned before, that uh, it's not a classic repurposing. It is actually a combination therapy and a sophisticated formulation that utilizes two existing molecules in a unique in unique doses and maximizes the effect we found to have between these two compounds on several 
pertinent biological targets. You began by screening approved FDA drugs targeting the main pathologic pathways of ALS. What are the pathways you're targeting? What What's understood about the role they play in the disease? Good question. So we know that uh, um, we are, what we are targeting is RNA synthesis and uh, iron accumulation and neuroinflammation that are hallmarks in ALS pathology. And therefore, we knew that we wanted to find drugs that could modulate these pathways. Prime C is composed of two compounds that affect these pathological pathways. You used a zebrafish model of the disease to screen drugs. How broadly did you look at potential therapies and, and what was the process for testing combinations of therapies? Okay, so I'll start with the, the zebrafish offer unique advantages for, modulate, for, for modeling aspects uh, of some motor neuron diseases, including, of course, ALS. Uh, they have a uh, function uh, functionally uh, uh, they are similar uh, yet simplified nervous system compared to humans and the sod one is a it's the the gene the um, mutant of ALS also the TDP 43 is a, another mutant of ALS the sod one and TDP uh, zebrafish uh, models of ALS have demonstrated that zebrafish-like mice show hallmark features of ALS, and we tested components of PrimeC separately, and the final formulation of PrimeC in the zebrafish, so the final formulation contained, of course, the uh, optimal doses of uh, each of the compounds, uh, we tested them in the zebrafish model uh, in conjunction with the McGill University, and our findings um, actually um, showed an effective, provided the effective doses and ratio between the compounds, as well as demonstrated the clear synergism between the compounds, and that assists us moving forward to the clinic with the, the right ratio and the right doses for uh, prime C. But did you just screen a library of all approved drugs? Was there some kind of reason why you excluded some drugs or included others? Yes, absolutely. So we definitely screened several uh, uh, potential drugs. and But moreover, this lab already screened dozens, if not more than uh, other drugs for CNS indications. None of them received, gained any effect that was close enough or similar to, uh, to Prime C. So we were certain that Prime C also, when we compare it to Rylozole, the standard of care, Prime C achieved much better results than Rylozole. Uh, so, like no other drug. So we were convinced that this drug can actually create the, the clinical benefit that we uh, we need here in ALS. You found a, a synergistic benefit between the two components, one uh, a, a well-known antibiotic, the other a well-known anti-inflammatory. But was that just fortuitous that there was the synergistic approach or was there some reason to expect that? So we actually hypothesized that uh, there is a synergism between these two, com two compounds because since there is lots of data from the literature about other indications using several drugs and combinations, we knew that celecoxib and ciprofloxacin has a potential to stimulate the CNS system. 
Uh, so it was also another reason for us to choose uh, these two compounds among uh, others that we tested. And of course, we also understood that uh, uh, both compounds have uh, their own attributes to target certain pathological pathways that we need to uh, to create a biological uh, change there in these targets. And to get to get to those two compounds, did you have to see significant activity independently uh, for each before selecting them in combination? So actually. Uh, we saw that celecoxib had a little to no effect at all alone. But we also knew that it didn't, 20 years ago, celecoxib was tested in a phase three study in ALS. It didn't achieve its primary endpoint. We didn't expect much from celecoxib, but we hypothesized that ciprofloxacin is actually enabling the uh, celecoxib to have an effect on the downstream uh, of uh, the COX-2 enzyme and vice versa. So celecoxib also assists more ciprofloxacin to, into the cells and to get more, uh, uh, more cipro to the targets themselves. So the, the combination which you're calling prime C, uh, you know, and I've seen other companies try this type of approach. Oftentimes they're using drugs that require different dosing regimens, maybe different um, dosing than uh, you would give a patient individually. How did you arrive at optimal dosing and how tricky was it to combine these two separate molecules in a single therapy where they could be correctly dosed? So uh, part of our extensive preclinical work was both to determine the unique doses, uh, which then when combined works synergistically to have an optimal effect, but also to formulate the drugs together in a way that would take an advantage of their different pharmacokinetic profiles. So you're right, it's not real at all. But first we learned what are the doses that we want to use and the ratios. And then we created a formulation that consists of these two compounds and taking into account, of course, the different pharmacokinetic profile and the way that we can actually create a release profile that can maximize the um, the activity in between these compounds, so it wasn't it wasn't trivial at all. I uh, I absolutely agree. It's, it is a challenge. It was a challenge for us, but now uh, uh, we have a formulation ready, a novel formulation, and we are moving forward to the next clinical stage. And in terms of the biological mechanism of action for this combination therapy, how well understood is it? So according to our biomarker analysis, which was carried, in, in, uh, carried out in collaboration with Massachusetts, Massachusetts General Hospital, uh, we uncovered a large set of biomarkers that are relevant to ALS. We identified and characterized these biomarkers and then evaluated the effect of prime C on them, on these biomarkers. Um, and indeed, we found that prime C have a... Um, a prime C to have a statistically significant effect on biomarkers uh, such as TDP43 and prostaglandins uh, that are involved in uh, neuroinflammation, uh, as well as many others. Um, what was truly fascinating, though, was that the fact um, that we see that there is 
there was a clear correlation between the biological activity of PrimeC and the clinical outcome in the phase 2A clinical study that we carried. So you see clearly that when we reduce TDP43, which is a toxic protein in the motor neuron cells, the, this, we, we could also slow down the disease progression. And what's known about PrimeC from the studies you've done to date? So according to the preclinical studies, PrimeC improved locomotor and cellular deficits in the ALS zebrafish model, uh, models, uh, two different models, and uh, which indicated a neuroprotective effect. Um, I won't get into the details of this preclinical program um, because, of course, we carried out a clinical study and um, what we, we completed a phase 2A study where 15 uh, patients with ALS were treated with PrimeC for a period of 12 months. Not only did we meet the primary endpoint, which was of course in this uh, initial study was safety, we also observed effect on both ALS FRS and forced vital capacity. We were able to attenuate the deterioration of the disease by 30% with regards to forced vital capacity and 18 on ALS FRS. Currently, we are moving forward into a phase to be multinational placebo-controlled study in ALS, which we intend to initiate in several weeks. You're also pursuing treatments for Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease based on the work you've done with PRIME-C. How much commonality exists between these conditions and what's the approach you're taking there? Our pipeline includes, as you mentioned, therapies uh, for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease, uh, which we intend to be IND ready by the end of 2022. We are currently investigating the extent to which there, there are similarities between the pathology of these diseases uh, and whether PrimeC or actually a variant of PrimeC, uh, stability and cognitive will be utilized uh, as a disease-modifying uh, uh, platform, the combination itself uh, can be a disease-modifying platform technology for these indications as well, since we know that Parkinson's and Alzheimer's uh, share the same mechanism uh, with ALS, and now we're exploring it further. How is Neurosense funded, and, and how far will existing funding take you? Initially, Neurosense was funded by myself and an angel investor, and then upon uh, the uh, preliminary results that we received, family and uh, friends joined to another round. And then we raised from a European VC. Uh, after which we uh, also went for a crowdfunding in Israel. And we raised additional, from the crowdfunding, additional $1.5 million approximately. And then we went uh, to an IPO on Nasdaq in uh, December, 2021. We raised $12 million in the IPO and recently additional $4 million uh, by uh, warrants that were exercised uh, due to a uh, uh, pop in the stock. So uh, now we are uh, fully funded to complete the phase two B clinical study that we are now initiating in ALS and even beyond that, uh, through Q3 2023. This will allow us hopefully, uh, of course, to reach this significant um, 
inflection points that we're expecting in Q2 2023 upon the results, upon revealing the results from the phase 2B clinical study. Alan Ben-Noon, CEO of Neurosense Therapeutics. Alan, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Danny. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.